Okay, so we're going to go to the next stage of Shabbos now. We've looked in depth at Friday night, how to do it on your own and make it meaningful, Shabbos morning. And now we're going to the next stage, to the next part, and that is where we are going to experience Shabbos afternoon. And I would say that uh, if you've stuck with us through this series, this this is the where it gets serious. Because Shabbos morning um, was a big step ahead from Friday night. Shabbos afternoon is an even bigger step. It's when you're really keeping Shabbos fully. Uh, because Friday night, as we discussed, is a nice, pleasant get-together. And it's pretty short, a short service, a dinner, and you go to sleep. Shabbos morning is a longer service, a lot more involved. And you're, you're definitely, um, you're definitely more, you know, more committed when you're doing Shabbos morning. Shabbos afternoon is where you really need to be serious about this because if you're not attentive to your Shabbos, Shabbos afternoon is going to become boring, uh, tedious, long, lonely, and a negative experience. However, if you get Shabbos afternoon right, it's where you reach the highest, most powerful level of Shabbos. It's a little bit less tangible. It's a little bit less uh, easy to define. It takes maybe more effort than all the other parts of Shabbos. But when you get it, then you really have a full, complete, energizing, rejuvenating and powerful Shabbos. So that's true all the time. That's true anytime, not just now when we're in isolation doing it on our own, but it's true any time of the year, anywhere in the world. To get Shabbos right, you've got to get Shabbos afternoon right. And it's a little bit more challenging, but we're up to it. We can do it. And it's extremely rewarding. So let's let's have a look. We've We've gone through our map of Shabbos, where Friday night was the time of fire, Shabbos morning, the time of water. If you remember why, because Friday night is the energetic, powerful, inspiring time, like the fire that is warm and uh, and and uh, dramatic. Shabbos morning is cool and calm like the water. It's it's more relaxing. You're more into the, the rest mode of Shabbos. When you get to Shabbos afternoon, we come to the third element of Shabbos, and that is the element of air. And air of all three elements that we've mentioned, fire, water, and air, air is the least tangible, the most abstract. It's the holiest. It's in air in Hebrew, it's called ruach, which means spirit. Spirit, it's the most spiritual time of Shabbos. It's the most elevated time of Shabbos. Shabbos is a an accumulative experience where you're going higher and higher and higher. Friday night, you graduate to Shabbos morning. Shabbos morning, you then go even higher to Shabbos afternoon. But because you're going higher, it's less connected to the physical, more into the spiritual realm. And therefore, it's a bit more abstract and harder to grasp. So Shabbos afternoon, you need to create vessels, containers to really capture its energy. And from there, Shabbos afternoon, then Shabbos ends. The sun goes down, night falls, and Shabbos is over. And when Shabbos is over, we make Havdalah, the ceremony, ending Shabbos formally. And we go into the element of earth. Earth is the most down-to-earth, the most physical, worldly, back into the here and now. And so 
that is quite a dramatic step, going from the highest height of the end of Shabbos into the everyday of, uh, of the mundane world. So it's a tricky transformation. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a tricky uh, little transfer we need to make from the holiness of Shabbos, the highest point of Shabbos, back into the world where the phone goes on again and you get bombarded by whatever's going on in the outside world. Your little bubble is burst. And so you need a soft landing. You need a safe landing. The end of Shabbos is going to determine how well you can land after Shabbos. And then what you do after Shabbos will determine how well you've taken your Shabbos into your week. That's what we're going to try and achieve tonight to to create a plan for that part of the Shabbos, the end of Shabbos, the afternoon, and then Havdalah concluding Shabbos itself. So, as always, we need to prepare for this. This is, this is the list of what you need for your Shabbos afternoon event that you're organizing. And this you'll all have to have this before Shabbos, organized before Shabbos. What do you need? Well, you need food, of course. As always, no, no Jewish event can be without food. Uh, and, and so you're going to need food. Depending on which time of the year you're talking about will depend on how much food you need. Because Shabbos afternoon, for example, right now in Sydney, is pretty short. Um, Shabbos goes out uh, around five o'clock. And so by the time you've had your your afternoon, your lunch and your afternoon program, uh, if you had a little sleep or whatever, then Shabbos is almost over. You're not going to be all that hungry and you'll probably eat after Shabbos. But you need something to eat for the afternoon and we'll, and we'll see why. Something. If you're in the summer months, like Israel is now, so then Shabbos is coming out late already, and you have a long afternoon, so you're going to want to have a proper meal probably in Shabbos afternoon, because if you wait till after Shabbos, it'll be extremely late. So you need to prepare accordingly, because remember, you're not doing shopping or cooking on Shabbos. Whatever food you have for Shabbos is prepared before Shabbos. Keep that in mind. Uh, we'll see later what, what we're going to use that food for and, and what you might put on that menu. Uh, games, I've put here. Is something to have also prepared for Shabbos afternoon. Uh, it's an it's a nice way to spend a particularly long Shabbos afternoon to play games. Cer- certain games are permissible on Shabbos. Certain games are not permissible on Shabbos. We'll speak about that. But you you should have the games obviously set ready for for you in the house before Shabbos. Another thing you're going to need to prepare before Shabbos for your afternoon program is a nigun. A nigun is a Jewish tune that you need to know it. You need to memorize this tune because you can't play it. Uh, you can't take out your phone and play your song on Shabbos. You need to learn a song for Shabbos and particularly for Shabbos afternoon. I haven't mentioned much about singing on Shabbos. It's a very important, beautiful part of Shabbos. And, uh, but we're going to particularly utilize singing on our afternoon program. And so for that, you need to know a song. It doesn't have to have words. In fact, preferably not. A nigun is a wordless song uh, that w- will uh, enhance your Shabbos afternoon program, and you'll see why soon. You're going to need a Jewish storybook or print out of a Jewish story, and uh, I, I'm going to provide you with a link that has endless fantastic stories that you can print out, and there are also fantastic books of Jewish stories that we're going to use for our Shabbos uh, afternoon and ending Shabbos. You're also going to need for Havdalah, the ceremony ending Shabbos, you're going to need 
some things as well. Uh, you're going to need grape juice or wine. You're going to need a braided candle uh, and spices for Havdalah. We're going to go through what Havdalah is and how to do it. And you're also going to need a book or printout of the laws of Shabbos. For our program in the afternoon, we're going to actually spend some time studying the laws that we've touched on in this in, the, in these classes very, very briefly. But for your Shabbos afternoon program, a study of the laws of Shabbos is one of the most important things to do to maintain on a, on a long-term basis to, to really know what you are supposed to be doing and can and can't do on Shabbos. Let's go through the program and we'll understand. But this, this is what you need in, in advance. This is your shopping list for, for before Shabbos, Thursday, Friday. Make sure you've got all this ready for you in, uh, in, for the sake of your Shabbos. Let's look at your program. Your Shabbos afternoon program is this. The first thing is a shluf, Yiddish for sleep. And I've put it there. It's not compulsory, but, um, but it's important. And so we'll, uh, we'll examine, we'll, we'll explore what the shluf is about soon. So you've got a Shabbos shluf. You've you, you got some time to play games and or go for a walk. Uh, and enjoy the, the the outdoors. A laws of Shabbos study session um, will be also in the afternoon, studying the laws of, of Shabbos uh, to gain a, a greater fluency. In We're going to do have the third meal of Shabbos. I call it the third meal as it, as it's called in Jewish law because Friday night is the first meal of Shabbos. Shabbos lunch is the second meal. And there's a third meal in the afternoon. We don't count breakfast as a meal. In, in Jewish law, a meal means having a bread, challah, a, a full meal, not a, not a little little snack. But a, the third meal of Shabbos is a bit different. We'll talk about it soon. Um, but, but during that third meal, which is the afternoon meal before Shabbos ends, we're going to do our nigun meditation. Uh, our singing a tune and meditating on it. And then we're going to have a story time which I deliberated whether the story time should be before or after Havdalah. Uh, traditionally, it's time to, to look into Jewish stories after Havdalah, after Shabbos ends. Um, I've put it here just before Havdalah. It can, it can really be either one. It's always a good time to do a story. Uh, and, um, and then to complete Shabbos with Havdalah after Shabbos goes out. Let's look at each one of these steps, how to make it happen for you, the meaning of it, what to be contemplating, and why it's, it's important for the afternoon of Shabbos. So, shluf, there's something special about a Shabbos shluf, that, that when you do have a nap on Shabbos afternoon, it, 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 is, it is very powerful. Uh, after you've had this deep relaxation... So there is an idea of, of, of having your, your, your sleep on Shabbos. In fact, our sages teach that the word Shabbos itself in Hebrew is spelled Shin Bet Taf, and it stands for Shina B'Shabbat Tanug, which means sleeping on Shabbos is a pleasure, uh, is a special pleasure, a delicacy. Tanug means a delicacy. And so a part of the enjoyment of Shabbos is to have a bit of extra sleep. Uh, so we do tend to sleep in a little bit more on, on Shabbos morning, which is recognized in Jewish law in Halacha. You find that most shuls, their weekday service is early in the morning. Shabbos morning, it's a little bit later. 
because uh, sleeping on Shabbos is a pleasure. And to have a Shabbos shluf in the afternoon is also a part of the uh, observance of Shabbos, the experience of Shabbos. What's interesting about Shabbos is that it's a soul day, but we want our body to enjoy it as well. That that it's a spiritual day, a day of studying Torah, of learning extra things, of praying in in a in a in a more powerful and and concentrated way. But it's also a day of eating, of drinking, and of sleeping. We want our body to experience the spirituality, and this is a, an important part of the Shabbos experience and of the general Jewish view of things. And that is that. It's not enough to have a spiritual experience in the depth of your soul. It has to be translated into your, your body as well. Because it, we are made up of body and soul. Our soul is that holy spiritual part of us. Our body is the physical part of us. If you divorce those two, if you separate those two, if you have a spiritual life that nourishes your soul and then a materialistic indulgent life for your body and they're two separate things, you live a life of dichotomy, of 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 contrast, of uh, of struggle. Trying to marry the two, bringing your body along on the spiritual journey, that your body should enjoy Shabbos, is, is a central motif of Judaism generally, and particularly of Shabbos, that the body should enjoy it. Your favorite foods, eat them and enjoy them. Have a sleep so your body feels rested and, and rejuvenated. It's not only for your soul, it's for your body as well. And when you do that, you actually start to transform the physicality of your body. Your body becomes a partner of your soul rather than a hindrance to your soul. Ra- rather than your, your body just wanting to be materialistic and, and physical and going against the do- desires of your soul, if your body enjoys it, so then you'll enjoy it more fully, more completely. Uh, it's interesting. This is an important uh, principle in, in all spirituality uh, from a Jewish perspective, and that is that our body does resist spirituality. Your soul wants to do a mitzvah, wants to do something holy. Your body doesn't. Your body just wants to enjoy itself and be comfortable. Your body is physical. And our entire life, we're struggling between our higher self, our soul, and our lower self, our body. When you do things that are spiritual, but the body enjoys, like a sleep on Shabbos afternoon, like a nice meal on Shabbos, you're actually aligning your body with spirituality and its resistance is weakened. So it's, it, it, we, we can all recognize this, that Shabbos can become something that we look forward to on a very visceral, physical level. We just enjoy it physically. It's not, a, it's not just a mitzvah that we do for the sake of a mitzvah. We're doing it because our body actually wants to do it. I would like contrast this to Yom Kippur, for example. Yom Kippur, our body is not so interested in. We're not so excited about Yom Kippur. But we can be excited about Shabbos. Yom Kippur is a day for the soul. Shabbos is a day that the body is with the soul. So having a sleep on Shabbos is important. Although one of the sages did mention that this idea that sleep on Shabbos is a delicacy and you should enjoy the sleep on Shabbos. Well, a delicacy you tend to only eat a little bit of. Like caviar, for example, is a delicacy. You don't have a whole plate full of caviar. You have a little tiny piece on, 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 a, on a little cracker. That, that you, that's how you enjoy a delicacy. In the same way, Shabbos should not become a day that you just sleep the whole day. It shouldn't become the, the day where you're, you're exhausted from the week. And so Friday night, you fall asleep in the soup. And then you sleep in, in, the, in the morning and you get up late. And then you're up for a little bit. You have something to eat and you're, and you're back, back asleep in the afternoon. We are exhausted. Our body is exhausted. But it shouldn't become purely a day of sleeping. Sleeping more than the week, that's, 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 that's good. But 
like a delicacy. Have a little bit of sleep here, a little bit of sleep there. Don't overdo it. Of course, you don't want to ruin your whole schedule as well. You sleep on, on Shabbos afternoon, then you can't sleep after Shabbos, and then the next day you're all, you're all a mess. But a nice little nap is fine. I think I've convinced you to do that. Um, and also sleeping is similar to what Shabbos itself is, and that is returning your soul to its source. When you sleep, when you go to sleep at night, your soul actually goes back to its source, where it comes from. You, that's what, what sleep is from a mystical perspective. Your body is lying there and your soul goes up to its source to get rejuvenated. And that's what Shabbos is as well. On Shabbos, we're being elevated to a higher place. Our soul is, is connecting to a higher place on Shabbos and we get rejuvenated and, and more energy. So so having a shluf is, is a part of the Shabbos afternoon experience. Again, if it's summertime, you've got a long afternoon, you, you can have a nice long one. These days in winter in Sydney, there's not all much time if you're going to follow this whole program. You can have a quick nap and that's it. Let's move on. Let's wake up to the next thing. Games and a walk. So here again, if, if you've got time for it, it's really nice to do some re- relaxing uh, activities on Shabbos afternoon. Um, and you're totally permitted to do these things if they're done in the correct way. So let's have a look. Uh, things that are done for relaxation and enjoyment are fine. You can't exert yourself. We touched on it last week. The, I think somebody asked the question about exercise. You can't do a heavy workout and sweat, uh, 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 lifting weights and, and, and in, in a way that like will be you know, the no pain, no gain type of exercise. That, that we can't do on Shabbos. We can't exert ourselves in that way. But to go for a nice walk, to stretch, um, those type of things are completely permissible and, and enjoyable. And it's a nice thing to do on, on Shabbos. So to go for a walk, to get fresh air, um, that, that is, a, is a lovely thing to do. Um, playing games as well. We don't play exert, exertive type of games. Ball games and those type of things, like a game of soccer, um, game of cricket. Kids can do it. We, 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 we let kids do, do that type of thing. But once you're, you're an adult, and a, a grown-up, so we don't want to spend our time on, on big games like that, um, like, like, a, like a proper a full-on game of so- soccer or cricket. Uh, so uh, it's preferable not to, not, to, not to play those type of games uh, on Shabbos, the you, you can't play games for money or for prizes. So um, that you know that, that that's that's getting into like a sort of business type of transaction type of thing. So uh, playing cards, for example. So you can play a card game that is not one that is a gambling type of game. Um, you know, a memory type of game or th- those those type of things, but not not for money or not for prizes. There's a big debate about Monopoly and Scrabble. Um, and both of those games, there are those who forbid it on Shabbos and those who permit it on Shabbos. We can be lenient and play it, play Monopoly and Scrabble, but these are the conditions. Uh, Monopoly, some say not to play because it's like money and, you know, but it's, it's fake money. So the, the truth is it is, it is fake money. So many people are, are, are fine with that. Um, Scrabble, the reason why some are not happy with Scrabble on Shabbos is because it is you usually write down scores for, for, for Scrabble. And the game that you write things down, you shouldn't do on Shabbos, even if you're not writing things down. But I would say many people play without writing the scores. And so if you're careful for that, then that would be permissible to play those games. Um, but you have to remember with whatever game you're playing, that you have to keep it within the spirit of Shabbos. And therefore, Shabbos should not just become a day of games just become a day of, 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 of walks. It's a spiritual day. 
this is one of the diversions, one of the re- relaxations of Shabbos. Um, and so a game should not become very competitive. Uh, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be all about winning. On Shabbos, we, we, we're into togetherness, not into competition. And so the games should certainly not be too serious. Uh, it should be in the spirit of Shabbos. Don't make it into too much of like, like a weekday activity. Our sages did say that some things could technically be permissible, but if you end up doing things that you just do any day, so then what's the point of Shabbos? So to have a diversion, to have to play some games on Shabbos afternoon or a long Friday night is a beautiful thing to do. Um, it shouldn't take over the whole Shabbos. Uh, an interesting question uh, that, uh, that often comes up is if you go for a walk, can you go window shopping? Can I go for a walk through a mall? And I'm not shopping, I'm not buying anything, but I'm window shopping. I'm looking in, at the displays in the window. Is that permissible on, on Shabbos? So, first of all, why shouldn't it be? I mean, I'm just walking, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just looking. How, how could looking be a problem? So, interestingly, here again, it depends on your intention. If you're looking at the shops, intending that you might buy something after Shabbos, if you're actually checking out what's in the shop, what are the prices, and thinking, well, I might go there on Sunday and pick something up. You can't do that on Shabbos. That is doing a weekday activity on Shabbos. Technically, you're doing nothing. You're just walking and looking. You didn't go in the shop. And you didn't go, even enter into the shop. Certainly, you didn't buy anything. But if your intention is to check things out that you might buy during the week, now you're doing a weekday activity. You've ruined the Shabbos energy. You've popped your bubble. That's not what it's supposed to be. On the other hand, if you're just going for a pleasure walk and you're looking in the window that you're not going to buy anything, you're just looking at at the displays purely for pleasure. So then that's still within the realm of Shabbos and that's okay. It's a fine line, but you know it. You know when you're doing something to prepare for the week or you're doing something because you're enjoying Shabbos. And so that, that should be the, the, the guide for many of the things we do. Are we doing this as an enjoyment of the day or are we doing it as like trying to minimize our Shabbos to, to, to be involved in the weekday? That's the fine line that you have to be careful of and to avoid. So going for walks, playing games, this is great things. It's a great way to spend, especially a long Shabbos afternoon. So have those games ready and prepared. Now, as the afternoon stretches on, you should set for yourself a time to do a study session of the laws of Shabbos. This is something you can do on your own, or if if you're with somebody else to do it with a partner, it could be even more enjoyable. But, but it can be done either way. And the idea is to spend some time, even if it's just 15 minutes on Shabbos afternoon, studying the laws of Shabbos. The laws of Shabbos are huge, huge. There are, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of laws and details. It is a, a complicated uh, area of Jewish law. We've just touched on a few little bits and pieces of, of the Jewish law of Shabbos in, in this class, but there's, there's a huge amount to learn and a lot to know uh, in, in, in the food preparation. Uh, in, in, we spoke about games and what, what games are and are not permissible in self-grooming, how you can brush your hair, how you can brush your teeth. There, there are a huge amount of laws, many, many laws, all to do with the laws of Shabbos, and they are complicated. If you learn 15 minutes every Shabbos, you will accumulate over time knowledge and awareness. Things will come up that you never knew you could do. Things will come up that you never knew you couldn't do. And you'll, you need to refresh your memory and learn them again. But it, it 
makes the Shabbos more meaningful. It, it connects you with, with the laws and engages you. And so I think it's really important, even if you think you know the laws of Shabbos, I guarantee you, you don't, I don't. I, I learn the laws of Shabbos constantly and always find new things that, oh, this didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't remember this. I didn't know, I never heard of that one. And don't be scared of knowing too much either. Don't be scared that, oh, maybe I shouldn't learn the laws because then I'm going to realize I can't do anything or every, everything I'm doing is wrong. Don't be scared. There's always ways, correct ways of doing it. And it'll only enhance your Shabbos experience knowing the laws. And so I think to, to dedicate time on Shabbos afternoon to study those laws is a perfect time to do it. Where should you find those laws? So we, thank God, are living in a time when, when all Torah knowledge is so accessible, so well explained in, in English that we can understand. So you can find books and online resources that are fantastic and easy to access. Kids' books are sometimes the best ones to use. I've got here a book. Um, unfortunately, being a kids' book in my home, it doesn't have a front cover anymore, but um, it, it's, a, it's a book called The 39 Avot Malacha of Shabbat, which means the 39 categories of work on Shabbos. It's a kids' book, but I bought this. I think I didn't, I didn't even have kids yet when I bought it. Um, it is, look how it's designed. It's, it's a picture book, and every page has different illustrations of activities, and it tells you what is and is not permissible on Shabbos. Each page goes through a different category of work. So, for example, this is the page of harvesting that I randomly opened to. Harvesting is forbidden on Shabbos. Now, when's the last time you harvested? I, I, I'm not a farmer. Um, there haven't been farmers in my family for several generations. Um, you know, some, some in Israel, there's, there's a few farmers there, but, um, you know, Jewish farmers, like it's been a while since we've had them. And yet one of the laws of Shabbos is do not harvest. So this book will show you, well, it's not just harvesting. What about picking a flower? Picking a flower is also harvesting. It's disconnecting something from the land. Can you pick a flower on Shabbos? What about a flower that's fallen on the ground? Can you pick that one up? Is that harvesting? It's fallen down already. Uh, putting a bouquet of, of, of flowers into, into a vase. Can you do that? I'm not giving you the answers now. But the, the, in this book, it's got examples of that all in pictures, in picture form. So it's a really nice way to, to learn uh, how it is. Um, I, I'll put, I'll put a, a link to the book if anyone wants to buy it. Uh, but you, I'll also put a link to kids' websites. There are, there are websites for children to learn about Shabbos. They're great for us adults as well, because sometimes just the way it's explained for kids is so simple and so straightforward that it's a fantastic way to start the, the, the study of the laws of Shabbos. So you could either get a book like this one or print out what, I'm, uh, what I'll share with you, print out a page or two and read that on your own or together and you'll, you'll see you'll learn so much. One of the important things to realize about Torah learning is it's endless. You never get all of it. But when you do little bits and pieces, when you do a constant schedule of study, you will increase your knowledge and accumulate so much that you'll be amazed at how much you gain and how much you know over time. So make a time in your Shabbos afternoon for a study session. So if we're talking about like an actual schedule here, I haven't put a schedule of times, you've noticed. And I've done, I've done that deliberately because... 
Different times of year, you've got different amount of time on Shabbos afternoon. Some of this you won't have time for. Some of this you'll have a little bit of time for or, 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 or less time for. So we've got to keep it a little bit um, flexible. Shabbos also should be flexible. Uh, you shouldn't be too time-bound. I personally don't wear a watch on Shabbos. You're allowed to wear a watch on Shabbos, uh, particularly if it's a, if it's a, it's a nice uh, piece of jewelry. You're allowed to wear jewelry on Shabbos. However, I, I don't wear a watch on Shabbos because I don't want to be so time-bound. I don't want to be so, like, in the week you've got appointments and you have to run. I prefer to be a bit above time on Shabbos. And, and so I, I haven't put times for these things, exact times. But if we, if, we, if we work backwards from the end of Shabbos, so to get through our entire program, which we've only, we've, we've only got through a couple of steps of it, but our, our Shabbos program here, we've had our shluf, go for, we go for a walk or play some games, done our laws of Shabbos study session. We've still got to do the third meal with the, with the nigger meditation, story time and havdalah. So this whole thing, um, it could be the last two, three hours of Shabbos. In, in, so in, in, in wintertime now, when Shabbos is ending at five o'clock, so you finished your lunch, you know, by one, one thirty, two o'clock maybe, and then, then you can start your shluf and then go for a walk. These are the last few hours, a couple of hours of Shabbos. Your study session, like I said, 15 minutes is great. If you can do more than 15 minutes, fantastic. Um, if you don't want to go for a walk and you, and you, you, you want to have a longer shluf or a longer study session, that's also fine. It's, it's not set in stone, but um, the idea is to try and get get this full experience of Shabbos, the relaxation of the body, some study for the mind, learn some laws. And now we've got to the third meal. So what's the third meal? The third meal of Shabbos is the holiest time of Shabbos. It's the, it's the highest time of Shabbos. It's right at the end. And this would be in the last hour of Shabbos. This is when you would do this, this meal. Some people do have a full meal, and like I said, if it's summertime, you might want to do that. You're hungry by the end of Shabbos. Others just have a snack, and it's, it's a custom in, in some circles, including the Chabad custom, is to only have a small snack, not to eat a full meal at this time. And one of the reasons for that is that the three meals of Shabbos correspond to the three great Shabboses that bracket history. What do I mean? At the beginning of creation was the first Shabbos ever. God created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh day. Our Friday night meal is a celebration and a commemoration of the first Shabbos of history when God rested. That's why we say in the Kiddush on Friday night, we start with the words, and the heavens and the earth were completed and God rested on the, on the seventh day. We describe the creation of the world, and we mention it in our prayers as well, because the f- Friday night meal is commemorating the very first Shabbos of history where God created the world for six days, and he, cre- and then he brought rest, he brought meaning, he brought holiness into the world. Six days was days of work. He was creating, he was making. The seventh day, he stopped making. But it, but it was the seventh day. It's still a part of creation. A part of creation is not creating, it's holding back. That's what the first Shabbos was that God did, and we keep Shabbos for that. Friday night corresponds and commemorates the Shabbos of creation. Then there was a second great Shabbos of history, and that was the Shabbos at Mount Sinai. When the Jewish people left Egypt and 50 days later stood at Mount Sinai to receive the Torah, uh, which we're going to celebrate next week on, on the festival of Shavuot, that happened on Shabbos. That the event of Mount Sinai was actually on a Shabbos. The Jewish people received the Torah on Shabbos. This was the, the second big Shabbos of history 
the time when we receive the Torah, the wisdom of God, put into words that we can understand, and it, and it was given to us at Mount Sinai. And so Shabbos morning corresponds to that second Shabbos of history, the Shabbos of Mount Sinai. That's why on Shabbos morning we read the Torah then, the Torah that we were given at Mount Sinai, and we spend time at the meal speaking about the parasha of the week and, and studying into it. In the prayers we mention the, the fact that, that God gave the, the commandments to, to Moses for the Jewish people. So Shabbos morning is a commemoration of the second great Shabbos of history, Mount Sinai. The third great Shabbos of history is yet to come. And that is when Mashiach comes. Our sages tell us that just like there are six days of the week and the seventh day is the day of rest, so too history is six millennia and a seventh millennia of rest after Mashiach comes. We are now in the year 5780 from the creation of the world. And that's Adam and Eve. the, The day they were created was 5,780 years ago. And... That means that we are in the middle or towards the end of the sixth millennia. We're near, we're close to the year 6,000. The seventh millennia is the the Shabbos of history. When the world as we know it will, will cease and we'll go into a higher state, a spiritual world, a world where there'll be peace and harmony, a Shabbos existence, a full time Shabbos existence. Uh, Mashiach will come sometime before that, and the seventh millennia will be a time of absolute rest. That's the biggest, the biggest Shabbos, the ultimate Shabbos of history. And we're told that every Shabbos is a taste of the world to come. It's a taste of what's going to happen then. If you want to know what it's going to be like then, well, what it's like now on Shabbos. You don't work on Shabbos. Your food is all ready. Okay, you made it, but it's, it's all ready. And you're in a more spiritual state, a more connected state, a peaceful state. Uh, There's no competition. Remember, we play games, but not such competitive games. All of that rush of life that is normal now will not be when Mashiach comes, just like on Shabbos it isn't. And so the third meal of Shabbos corresponds to that third big Shabbos of history, the futuristic Shabbos, the time when Mashiach will come. Because we haven't had this yet, we we haven't had Mashiach yet, it hasn't come yet, it's a very spiritual thing that is the future, so this time of Shabbos is a more elevated spiritual time. That's why we don't emphasize the food so much at this meal. It's a meal, but a a little snack is enough. It's not about the food. What, What this meal is about is about a real spiritual connection, to try and go into the deepest place of the soul that we have for the entire Shabbos. We had a beautiful Friday night and a beautiful Shabbos morning, but Shabbos afternoon is when we try and go into the air, the, 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 the most spiritual element of Shabbos, into the, a bit of a futuristic Mashiach redemption type of world where we're a little bit above our, our physical surroundings. And so this is a very elevated time. And to try and capture that energy, I'm going to suggest to you to do a nigun meditation. A nigun is a wordless melody. And the truth is, you know many of them. I'm sure you know many wordless tunes. Or you know some tunes that you don't know the words, so you can sing the tune. There are, there are songs that we sing in shul. There are beautiful Jewish songs. And I'll also send you a, a link to, to listen to others that you can learn during the week. You need to take a song that you connect with, 
preferably one that is slow and contemplative, but one that you know. And at this time, at the end of Shabbos, to sing it. I don't know if you're a good singer or not a good singer, but it's not relevant. It, this is not a performance or a show. This is, this is a meditation. Take a tune that you know that is in your head and close your eyes and sing that song over and over and over and over. See how long you can, you can stretch this. See how long you can go doing this where your, your eyes are closed and you're entering into the total spiritual connectedness of Shabbos. You're entering into the world of the soul. The reason why this, this works and can be very powerful is that singing is an extremely powerful spiritual tool. We all know how powerful music is and how it, it speaks to us very deeply. We, uh, we remember songs. They, they arouse us. They put us into, into, into certain states, moods, and it can be a, 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 a very, very powerful and uplifting thing. There's a saying there that um, from Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya, that if words are pen of the heart, then song is the pen of the soul. Words, talking, is, ex- is expressing my heart, expressing my feelings, but a song is going deeper than f- my feelings, it's going into my soul. So I'm expressing my very soul through the song. That's why when you listen to a song or you sing a song that was created by a holy person, the holiness of the composer actually envelops you. It, ta- it, it takes you and you, you're, con- you're connecting to their soul. But also the opposite is true, by the way, that when you, when you sing a song or hear a song of not such a holy person, you're connecting to their, to their soul as well, and that, that can influence you negatively. We have to be careful which, which music we take in. The, the, these songs, the songs called nigunim, the wordless melodies, they were authored by very lofty souls. And when you sing it and connect to it, you connect to that loftiness. And it arouses your soul very, very deeply. So if you can get into this, this song by repeating the song over and over, then you, f- you find yourself going into an extremely restful, peaceful, and, and uh, a spiritually elated state. The, the repetition, I've got a quote here, of rep- re- when you repeat a song, the songs have gates. The, the Hasidic masters called the songs having gates. A gate means like a, a stanza of the song. Each, each section of the song is a, a new gate. A gateway is something where you enter into a new chamber. You, you go in deeper. Each gate of the song, you're going in deeper. And he says each gate must be repeated twice, at least twice. The first time only traces a form. The second time carves it deep into the soul. Meaning, if you just sing a song, it traces a form, it doesn't, doesn't get to you. If you repeat the song, each time you repeat it, it goes deeper into you. Uh, you go, you go in and, and you can lose yourself in it. There's, there's a point where when you, re- when you sing a song a few times, the first time you sing it, you're a little bit self-conscious, even if nobody's there. You're a bit self-conscious because am I singing it right? Do I sound silly? What am I doing? If you sing it again, you get more into it, more comfortable with it. And after a few times of singing it, you're not singing the song. The song is singing you. You're, you're like in it. You're immersed in, in the song. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I sound crazy saying this, but it's really true. Like you can, act, you can actually really experience some depth. And I don't know if we could do this any time of the week. 
I don't know if, if, if we'd be comfortable or it'd be so easy to do this any time of the week. But on this highest level of Shabbos, the afternoon of Shabbos, you can get away with something so, so impactful and so deeply spiritual. So I, I give over the challenge to you to do a Nigun meditation this, this Shabbos at, in the afternoon in the, in, as the sun is about to set and Shabbos is about to come to its end. You've accumulated a lot of experience over Shabbos. You've done, you've done a lot. You've had your Friday night meal with the, the discussions of the, of the week. You've, set, you've set, said your prayers. You've, you've gone through the parasha. You, you've, you've had your walk and your shluf. And you've done, you've done all of these experiences. You've learned the laws of Shabbos. Now, reaching the end of it, this meditation is to like try and absorb, trying to, to take in what, what you've gone through over Shabbos. Try, try to really uh, drink it in. And you'll find it's extremely powerful. So that's the main focus of our, of our third meal. And, and, and we don't need to do much else. I've got his story time. Again, like I said, you could really do this after Havdalah or you could do it before Havdalah. This is, this is up to you, about, up, up to the time. It is traditional to tell Jewish stories after Havdalah in, on the night after Shabbos. And this is a, a sort of a way to end Shabbos. And so I would be doing this either just before or just after Havdalah. But the idea is to go into a story. For that, you need a good storybook. And I've got link, uh, links for you for fantastic stories. Stories uh, are a bridge between theory and real life, between the holy and the mundane. When you read a book of ideas, of philosophies, so then that's theories. A story is taking ideas and living it, and a living example of an idea. And so a story is a way to bridge between the world of theory and the world of practice. It's also between the holy and the mundane. A story is about people things that they've done, the real life world. We're not just reading a book now. We're not just singing a nigun, but we're actually telling a story about real life. And so a story is a bridge between Shabbos and weekday. We're about to go into the week. Shabbos has ended and we're about to go into our mundane world. It's scary to do that. If you've really entered Shabbos, if you've reached that high level of Shabbos, if you've gone from the fire to the water to the air, to come back down to earth is quite a shock. So to prepare for that, a good story is... It transports you to a spiritual world, but it's about the real mundane world. It brings you back down to earth as well. And so we have beautiful stories in our, in our tradition of righteous people doing good deeds, of, uh, of poor people being helped, of miracles that, that were done by, by great holy people. When you read these stories, it captures your imagination. They're stories about real people, but they're stories with beautiful messages. So story time has to be a part of the bridge between Shabbos and the weekday. And finally, Havdalah. Havdalah is a ceremony that formally ends Shabbos. We do have to end Shabbos. As beautiful and as elevating and as relaxing as Shabbos is, Shabbos is not our purpose. Our purpose is to be in this world and to elevate the world, to make the world a better place, to be engaged in the world around us in, in, a, in, a, in a, a way that enlightens, that, that brings goodness. And so Shabbos is our escape from the world, but it's to energize us to go back into the world. And it's very important to always remember that in the future, when Mashiach comes, then it'll be the complete uh, permanent Shabbos. Then 
our mission will be done. In the meantime, we've got work to do. We've got to get back into the world. And our involvement in the world has to be one that is illuminated by Shabbos, is inspired by Shabbos, that the connection we made on Shabbos has to take us into the week. The connections also we've made with ourselves, with God, with other people, is all, also has to go into the week. We have to take that into, 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 into our week with a very clear purpose. So Havdalah is drawing the line and saying, Shabbos is over. We have to go back into the week and fulfill our mission there. So it is, a poor, it is coming back down to earth. Havdalah is like the mirror image of Kiddush. Kiddush was bringing in Shabbos into our body. Havdalah is letting Shabbos out and taking in the week, taking in the weekday energy. So we do it over a cup of wine or grape juice, just like, we, just like um, Kiddush is done over wine or grape juice. We do Havdalah also. We pour the cup overflowing with wine or grape juice. It should be unlimited. We want the, we want the blessings of Shabbos to, to overflow into the week, to, 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 to go beyond the limitation of Shabbos and spray into the, into the weekday as well. We also use a braided candle. Uh, unlike Shabbos candles that you light on Friday before Shabbos is a si- single candle, either one or two or however many you, you light, but the, each one is a single candle. At the end of Shabbos, we light a braided candle, which is, a, which is many wicks joined together. You can buy a Havdalah candle, which is a multi-wick candle, or if you don't have that, you can put two candles together for the, for the blessing. The instructions for this, I, I'll, I'll post you a link with an instruction step-by-step how to make Havdalah. It's in the Siddur as well that I, that I sent you um, with, with all the instructions of what to say and what to do when. Um, so we make a blessing over the cup of wine. We make a blessing over the candle. The candle represents human creativity. The first human invention, the first thing that a person made, not God, but a person made, was fire. That's, that's the most basic human invention. And so as soon as Shabbos ends, we light a candle, we light a fire, and we, we say that now we're going back into the world of human ingenuity. Shabbos was enjoying the world that God gave us. After Shabbos, we've got to be creative again. We've got to light a fire and take that light and bring it, bring it to the world. And so, so we, light, we light a candle, we make a blessing on that. We also smell spices. For this, you need some cloves or, or some, uh, some fresh type of spice. It shouldn't be like a ground spice that when you smell it, the, it goes up your nose. It should just be some, some, some type of spices like cloves that you, you whiff the smell of. The idea of that is that it's, it's like reviving you. After Shabbos, there's a bit of a downer. And you have to get rid of this. You have to, you have to get ready, ready for this. That after a really beautiful Shabbos, there is a bit of a downer. Like any time you have any moment of inspiration, your soul has got bigger. You've expanded your horizons. When you go out of that time of inspiration into the mundane world, there is a bit of a drop. And that can feel quite down. The smelling of the spices is a try to pick you up, to revive you and to, and to give you energy and say that the idea of going down is, should not be going down. I'm not going down into the week. I've gone up on Shabbos. I've elevated myself on Shabbos. That I have to keep with me and take that energy into the week. And the smelling of the spices is to, is to give you a bit of a, a boost, a bit of energy to, to do that symbolically. And, uh, and then after the Havdalah, so there's, there's, there's a certain way of doing it and the instructions, like I said, I'll post. You make the blessing holding the cup of wine, but you don't drink the wine at first. You make the blessing, but you don't drink the wine till the end. You make the blessing on the candle. You smell the spices and then, sorry, the spices first, then the candle. And then you make the blessing, then you actually make a final blessing 
thanking God for the separation between Shabbos and the, and, and the, and the weekday, you drink the wine at the end and extinguish the candle in the spilt wine. And there's a custom to dip your fingers in the wine and put some wine next to your eyes. Just to dip a little bit of wine that you've spilt next to your eyes. The idea is that the light that we've created should guide us. We should see throughout the week the opportunities to do good, to, to bring holiness. We want to take the Shabbos and, and take it with us into, into the, the days of, uh, that, that are to come. Because Shabbos is there to energize our week. And, and so we have to take its, its blessings and bring it into the weekday. So I just remind the gap that, that, that be careful of the leap back into the mundane. It, we have to get back to the world. We have to get, get back to, to our everyday activities. But make sure that you don't forget the energy of Shabbos immediately. Don't, don't jump straight into it. The Saturday night should be a time when a bit of the Shabbos glow remains with you. And, uh, and, and that way you can have an inspiring week. So with that, we have completed Shabbos. I've got here links which I will share with you. Um, some of them I shared previously, like this, the Siddur, um, uh, which I shared with you already, the Parsha text and the Parsha insights, Kabbalistic articles. Laws of Shabbos here is a kid's site, a fantastic kid's site, Torah Tots, um, that is great for adults as well. And there's a heap of information. They're not just about Shabbos, about many things, but including Shabbos. I've got a link here for meditations, um, guided meditations, but also a Nigun link. This one, in case you don't have a song in mind that you'd like, this nigun, if you listen to this a few times during the week, it will get under your skin. It will go into you very deeply and you'll be able to then meditate on that nigun. I've also got a link here of stories, a fantastic section in, on Chabad.org of excellent stories, beautiful stories that, that would be great to end Shabbos and go into the week with. And um, I've also got an, a how, do you, how to make Havdalah um link there, an instructional guide with pictures, exactly how to do Havdalah on your own. And I think it's an important addition to the Shabbos experience. If you've never made Havdalah before, try it this week. Prepare yourself by having the wine, the grape juice, uh, uh, the, the spices and the, and the candle, and experience the, the ending of Shabbos in a formal way, in an in a, in a officially ending Shabbos, but also some say it's like you're making Kiddush on the week, just like you made Kiddush on Friday night to welcome Shabbos. You're making Havdalah to welcome the week and to, and to make it holy. Okay. With all that, let's um, open up now for questions. There are a couple of questions that have come onto the chat, which um, we can start with. One question here. Can you attend an open house inspection for a house for yeah. sale? Purely out of interest with no intention to buy. Okay, so that's a great question. Um, if, uh, if there's a house for inspection and you just want to have a look, you're not going to buy it. You're just stick speaking, uh, as we would call it. You're, you're just looking, looking at the house just out of interest. So it would really depend there on uh, the culture of the place you're in. If it's a totally normal thing to do that, if many people just wander into open houses, just looking around, you don't need to sign up. You don't need to give your name or do anything. It's just, you just 
fine to just go in okay. and have a look with no intention to buy. So okay. that could be just I'd like a question about shopping. the market. Sorry. Um, yeah, that would be that would be just like window shopping, and that would be fine. However, if um, if that's not the norm where you are, then anyone walking into an open house is is basically an interested customer, possible buyer. So then there would be an issue of Maris Ayan at the very least, which means that it would look to the onlooker like you're doing the wrong thing. It looks like you're shopping on Shabbos, which you have to be careful of. So that's that's something that very much you'd have to assess what's the culture of where you are uh, and, that, and that would determine it. Any other questions on anything I spoke about tonight or previously or any other Shabbos-related questions, all are welcome. Yeah. No. Any questions? Okay. Well, of course. Oh, here we go. Some I've got a question on the chat. It is is it okay to arrange for someone to pick up veggies from the market? So you want to get some vegetables on Shabbos. You've asked somebody else to go and buy them for you um, on Shabbos. So that is problematic. Um, basically, even even to get a non-Jew to do something for you on Shabbos is, generally speaking, forbidden. You can't have somebody go and do something that's forbidden on Shabbos on your behalf, even if that person isn't Jewish. Um, it's a bit of a misconception that you can have what people call the Shabbos guy. You can have a non-Jew just do stuff for you on Shabbos. There are only very specific circumstances when you can have somebody else do something for you. And that would be in an emergency if, if it's absolutely necessary, if somebody's not well, um, for the sake of a, an entire community. So, for example, if in a communal place like a shul, the lights went out, you could have a non-Jew come and turn the lights on. In, in a case of great discomfort, but generally speaking, you can't have somebody else do something for you on Shabbos. So uh, you can't have somebody go, go shopping for you on Shabbos. It all needs to be done beforehand. Any other questions? Thank you. Okay. So um, this ends our series, but of course, it only begins um, all the learning that we have to do. Uh, I'm very, very happy always to answer questions that you have about your Shabbos experience, um, the Lord of Shabbos, or, or anything else that I can do to help uh, improve it and, and make it better. And may we all enhance the Shabbos experience to the point where we'll come to that final Shabbos, the Shabbos where it's always Shabbos all the time. And we'll be well prepared because we know exactly what to do. Okay. Good night and thanks for being a part of it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Rabbi. All the best. Keep Thank well. You.